Welcome to The Loop, where RSM experts provide practical advice for the UK's middle market businesses. In this episode, we're talking about robots, not the shiny kind you see assembling cars on factory production lines, but digital robots made out of code. This is Robotic Process Automation, or RPA. We'll be discussing how middle market businesses can benefit from robots or bots. I'm here with Darren Mee, who's Head of Automation at RSM, and Satvinder Bamra, or BAM, who's an RSM Associate Director and an experienced automation advisor. Darren, BAM, welcome to The Loop. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to be here, John. Well, it's great to have you both. Um, We're here to help middle market businesses understand how RPA can help them be successful, even in difficult and uncertain times like we're living through now. We'll do this by throwing real life scenarios at you. And we'd like you to give us practical advice on dealing with each of those scenarios. So before we go any further, gentlemen, do you accept the challenge? Yes, certainly do. Good man, I'm glad to hear it. Well, okay, but before we dive into our first scenario, let's just briefly define RPA. Darren, I want to come to you first. What is RPA? Thanks, John. Um, Well, in a nutshell, RPA is just a type of, of software used to automate repeatable processes quickly, consistently and accurately. Um, It's very similar to um, existing or traditional uh, technology. The biggest differences are that the RPA bots will interact with your existing systems in almost exactly the same way that people do, i.e. they're they're filling in fields, they're filling in forms, they're they're replicating the activities that, that, that people are doing just incredibly quickly and incredibly accurately. So this is the kind of the, the boring paperwork then largely that we're getting bots to do instead. Historically, yes, that's that, that's where it, where it started. You know, the, the the kind of mundane, time consuming tasks that just need to get done every day, day in day out. Um, that most people listening to this, if they if they thought about the kind of activities in their business, uh, would happen consistently. It, increasingly over the years, though, uh, as as is the case with almost every piece of technology that we're used to, the technology gets better and it can do more and more complex things. So, Bam, talk to us a little bit more about the different types of RPA that businesses might encounter or think about using. Gladly, John. Yeah, so the the first is known as unattended, and this, as as Darren's just quickly mentioned, is really where RPA really began in its infancy many, many moons ago. And in a nutshell, it's where you give your your bot a set of structured rules and actions and ultimately let it process tasks from start to finish. And and, and at that point, there's either very minimal or no input whatsoever from the uh, human, which then enables the human very much to focus on the qualitative uh, aspects of their job uh, and makes it a lot more interesting for them as 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 a human. The second type is is known as an attended automation even. And it's this is the one that's maybe viewed as more complex. But again, this is where the real opportunities are. And this is where the virtual workforce and the human workforce work very much in harmony. Uh, an, an example of this will think think of a think of a contact center, John. Yeah. Uh, let's say for a lead, leading travel agency, you've got the human operator on the phone with the customer listening 
customer empathy and understanding what that customer wants from their holiday. In the background, you'll have a bot who, who at the highest level is grabbing the data about this particular customer from, from a multitude of no doubt archaic systems and showing it to the human advisor in real time so they can make the right recommendation to the customer in helping them to make the, the, the right decision and ultimately close the sale. It's a great picture you're painting here, Bam, of, of, of robots and humans working in perfect harmony to, to, to get my holiday sorted. So, Darren, how easy, how straightforward is it to introduce RPA into your business? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's, it's, the answer to it has evolved over the years. When RPA first came out, uh, a lot of the software providers claimed that it was really easy to use. Anyone could do it. Um, and I think over the last two years, that 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 has evolved quite a bit. Um, and it's it, it's a bit like the analogy of building building a house. Probably any one of us could get quite good at, at, at laying a single brick or laying a couple of bricks. Um, very few of us could could build a house from scratch, including you know, the design, the blueprints, lining it all up, managing something of that scale. Um, and and even few even fewer of us could 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 truly build a skyscraper. So to to get started to get some value from it, it is it is pretty easy, and you, know, you could you could deliver value within six six to eight weeks you know, to to automate a single process. But really, to get the scale and and to get the the true return on investment, you want to be going for something a bit more ambitious. And for that, you do need a whole multitude of skills. Well, let's think about. The, the the tool in question here and uh, and how we can uh, use RPA um, in one of two scenarios that we're going to present to you now. So I want you to imagine you're on the board of directors at a mid-sized professional services firm with head offices in Birmingham. You're investing heavily in digital and you want to focus as much on your internal systems and processes as you do on your website and marketing. You've heard of RPA and you think it might be a good way to get a competitive edge over firms similar to your size as well. But how do you know if it's right to invest in RPA? Darren, I'm going to come to you first. It's the baseline question for this business. Is it appropriate for them to be thinking about RPA? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pinch a phrase from Simon Sinek here and, and and say start with start with why I, I think that's always the um, that that would always be my my steer to to organisations considering this um, you know what what are you trying to achieve within your business I think automation is 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 a key tenant of 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 strategy for thinking about what what a business might look like in the future so I think starting starting with why is a is a good one. Um, and, and really, that prompts the question: Should we automate certain parts of our business? Um, once you've answered the question of should you automate, I think that that really leads on to the second question of could we automate? And um, really, that, that that's about getting into the details a little bit. It, it's about looking for the types of processes and the types of activities within within your organisation, and really applying an assessment of. Does this process lend itself well to to automation? E either using RPA or anything else, there there will be certain things that 
that certainly can't be automated at the moment, but there will be a large number and a large bulk of activities that, that could be automated as well. And I think once you've got the answer of should we and could we, um, you, you're in a pretty you're in a pretty good place. And and ultimately, the the, the way this way this comes uh, comes to fruition is via a, an exercise of of looking at those elements of your business, looking for the opportunities, assessing those opportunities, and ultimately building a business case which can justify you know, both the benefits and the costs, and give you the give you the strong answer as to whether you should and could uh, automate at this point in time. So it's a review process then, Darren, looking at, at what you need and, and ultimately how you would implement it if, if you were going to go down the route of, of RPA as, as well. Bam, um, are there particular sectors that are more suitable for this type of technology than others as well? We're talking about a professional services firm here that you're on the board of, but are there other businesses that you talk to that you would be recommending RPA to? Good question, John. Um, I don't believe I don't believe there's a, there's a firm or an industry out there, you know, whether it's the UK or worldwide, where they couldn't see the benefits of RPA, because because every every single company has processes where which are mundane, you know, repetitive, high volumes, you know, low complexity admin tasks. You know, without sitting on the fence, John. You know, I, I don't believe there's 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 an industry, a company, or or a division where RPA couldn't prove to be an extremely successful enabler for business growth and success. Darren, just um, expanding on this a little bit more, uh, what kind of goals, business goals, can RPA help you achieve? Yes, we understand that it's going to take away some of the more mundane. Um, uh, roles and responsibilities, but but ultimately, big picture, what can you hope to achieve? We we often talk to our clients about um, yeah this this technology really driving productivity, and I, I I still think that's that's the biggest driver. Yeah, the, there's lots of other goals and benefits that come from this around improvements in quality, improvements in compliance improvements in speed and, and scale but in a growth industry you know, we, we have we have a number of clients that want to use automation um, because they're, they're just growing at such a rate they they cannot keep pace with hiring the the, the, the number of people that they need to to hire um, so having a, a digital workforce or a, a number of bots that are able to help them with their capacity management challenges is is fantastic they effectively have some skilled resource and capacity on tap that they can turn turn up or turn down depending on the demand that comes in from their from from the market how important do you think just to jump in here just on your productivity point darren um how important do you think this is for the future of of mid-sized uk businesses uk productivity is renowned unfortunately um for being uh, not as good as rivals in other European countries and elsewhere as well. Is this part of the solution for the the old problem of um, the productivity gap in the UK? I, I think it is. I've 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 um, been to a, a number of seminars where there are you know, individuals from the government talking about the productivity challenge in the UK, um, and almost always the the attempts to improve productivity are focused on our, our manufacturing and, and construction industries. Um, but we all know, and, and from looking in the press, 
yeah, we we are a we are a service sector focused industry. I think I think probably two thirds of our GDP comes from services. This kind of technology and the associated business changes that come with it has have the ability to to phenomenally increase productivity in the service sector. So, without wanting to uh, inflate the hype even further, I, th- I think this is this, this is potentially a national priority to to improve uh, levels of productivity. So, Darren, for our professional services business, what kind of processes could they be thinking of automating? Probably the two. The two key examples which which come up time and time again for professional services businesses um, are the the client take on processes. So increasingly with regulation, firms will have to do things around knowing your client and anti money laundering procedures and all kinds of client identity checks, which still require some professional judgment. But there's a, there's a large chunk of those those processes that are just involved with collection and routine processing of information so pretty much every professional services business does that and many of them will use rpa to to automate large chunks of it um ultimately since most of these professional services businesses aren't charities um typically once they've done the work and they've delivered the service they they generally send a a, a bill to those clients as well and depending on the type of type of firm there could be quite a high volume of bills there's quite a lot of manual processing involved that that would be another perfect example of the kind of thing in the back office that that rpa would would lend itself nicely to but we we really believe that you know the 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 real core benefits once you've got started with those simple processes are probably within the core um, service delivery areas so whether that's in a law firm an accountancy firm a firm of architects the activities that your 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 expensive experienced uh, professionals are involved with that can include elements of routine repetitive work you you really don't want your partners or senior associates or senior managers focusing on that kind of activity when it could be done an awful lot quicker and cheaper and you can provide a much better quality of service at a much better price to your clients and do you think then that, that a business like our professional services firm in Birmingham this is exactly then the sort of route that they should be considering. I, I would certainly say so. People in professional services don't think of the kinds of services that they offer or the, you know, the, the processes that they deliver as being routine and monotonous. And, and often they're not, but components of them are. And often large chunks of those, those activities are routine and repetitive. Um, and you, you see this with the effectively the the apprenticeship model which has been around in professional services for over 100 years where you, know, you, you may have a senior equity partner that that, you know, that does some some really smart things that he or she has, has, has developed their skills over 10 20 30 years but there are still activities within there that can be passed down to the equivalent of the office junior or a paralegal or, or wherever else we've been doing this kind of work of of handing less complex work less complex work to less experienced people for for over a century um the only thing that has changed now is it, instead of handing that to to an individual with uh with with, with flesh and blood um it will be with uh, with ones and zeros in code right so to, to summarize then for our professional services firm in birmingham um it will almost certainly have repeatable business processes that could be automated. Um, Its aims of getting ahead of the competition and being a forward-thinking digital-first business 
are great reasons to say yes, so, so it should be automating. And if they develop an idea of the benefits of automation against the costs, they'll also be able to say, yes, we, we would benefit from RPA. So it sounds like the advice from both of you sitting on the board of this business is that it's appropriate to, to go ahead with RPA. Does that sound about right? Yep, uh, absolutely. Most definitely. Let's move on to our second scenario and just push this on a little further. Um, you're now the chief financial officer and the chief technology officer of a financial services business based in London. You've, you've run a small RPA proof of concept and you're happy with how that's gone. Your board has been convinced to make an investment and you're ready to start scaling up RPA. So how do you do that successfully? Bam, I'll come to you first. Our previous business was chewing over whether or not to take the route of RPA. Our business in London, our financial services business, is thoroughly on that route already and wants to, to beef it up to scale it up. Now, how do you do that in a successful way? Well, John, to, to get it right, it will help to know some of the ways that people get it wrong, I suppose, is a really good way of looking at it. So at this point, you have to build a multi-skilled team. You know, it's not about going onto LinkedIn and just simply recruiting a couple of RPA developers. My advice also is to look at the talent that you've got internally. You know, the, the best RPA resource isn't always found on LinkedIn. You know, there is no better feeling of success when you turn an advisor about with some IT acumen into your next successful RPA developer. You know, this is something that we have done successfully, you know, in, in the previous setting up of two centres of excellence. I can't tell you, you know, how rewarding that is, John. Obviously, and it goes without saying, you will need to hire external advisors to give, to give the team the injection, you know, the correct experience and complement that internal talent that you've identified. Secondly, you have to talk to your people about RPA especially important at the moment when people are losing their jobs across the country. The word robot has always and will continue to stir up lots of fear and suspicion, you know, um, and that, you know, people will need reassurances that any type of adoption of RPA is a good thing, that, good thing for their jobs, not a threat to them, you know, and RPA is a great tool to complement the human workforce. I strongly recommend you hold surgeries and Q&As, but there's nothing more rewarding, you know, when, you, when at the end of that session or that Q&A, you know, that, that human agent, that human workforce walks away going, hey, I know how this can really benefit me rather than hinder me by taking my job. You know, again, publish articles on your intranet. Get your subject matter experts to explain what's happening and why. This is how ultimately your SMEs become your RPA champions as well. Send, send that positive understanding of what RPA truly is. When your champions are telling other members of the team, you know, what RPA is all about, again, it, it eradicates that threat of they taking my jobs. And Bam, let me, let me just throw a question at you here because you've been in that situation yourself, haven't you, of, of, of having been either the subject matter expert or you know, an operations manager in your case, you know, 10 years or so ago when RPA was, was coming in? Yeah, um, 
operations managers, Darren, you know, you've met a few. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a strange bunch. You know, we, we build this little empire and all of a sudden this empire is our world. You become very, very protective. The last thing you want is the robots coming into your little empire. However, many, many moons ago, we dipped into unattended automation by, by carrying out a, a proof of concept stroke pilot, which I have to hold my hands up. Despite me kicking and, kicking and screaming into these sessions, I quickly understood how the virtual workforce could really complement my, my human workforce and really take the stress from their shoulders. You know, it was churning out the large quantities. Churning out the large quantities meant the human workforce only then had to pick up the telephone to, to the other utility companies and agree these, in, in this case, the shipper agreed reads. Rather than looking at a, a screen, a spreadsheet full of accounts that they just couldn't deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, leaving them with huge backlogs and a terrible lack of morale within the team. So the introduction of robotics over a decade ago, you know, led to my workforce being, my human workforce that is, being even happier. So Darren, let me let me just put um, build on that point with with you um, from Bam's example. Do you see then that occasionally you're you're faced with um, a workforce that that might be reticent, worried, concerned that uh, RPA is eventually going to steal them, uh, steal their jobs, but ultimately through the whole experience finds that the introduction of RPA is actually quite liberating, that it gives, it makes their jobs more interesting, perhaps more meaningful. Yes. I, I'm, I'm constantly pleasantly surprised that that, that is almost without exception, the way it goes. Um, it, it, with any kind of change, there's, there's always a bit of uncertainty and uncertainty is often a, a bit uncomfortable, but it, it when, when people start to see this working, they start to see the, the, the benefits for this. Um, it, it, it's generally a very positive experience, um, particularly on the attended side where you know, we, we use the phrase people and, and bots working in harmony. Um, th that's, I, th I think people see that as even less threatening. Um, and really, it's, it's, it's trying to emphasize the bits of people's jobs that, they, that, that people will always do better than, than, than bots. Let's do more of that. You know, let's build more of those client relationships, build more of the customer relationships, solve our customers' problems better than we are doing at the moment. And all the other stuff, which is the churn that can be done by a machine effectively, let, let's, let's let the robots do the robotic work and the people do the, the, uh, the human work. To summarise for our financial services business then, um, to successfully scale up RPA, our business needs to create a skilled and diverse team. Um, and you, you certainly covered that in some good detail, Bam, that the people with hands-on day-to-day experience with these processes are just as important as the IT specialists. And they will be vital to convincing people across the business of RPA's benefits. Sound roughly right for you, gentlemen, in terms of where this business is going? Yeah, sounds good to me. Definitely, John. Well, finally, on the loop, we always finish 
with a top tip from each guest. So I'm going to come to you both for that now. For your middle market business leaders who are looking at RPA and thinking this could be good for us, what's your top tip? Bam, I'm going to come to you first. You have to prioritise productivity. And what I mean by that is once you've established RPA, you've set up your skeleton team, you must measure success by how optimised your bots really are not how many you have. An effective robot is optimised to 80 to 90%. As the saying goes, make those robots sweat. I have personally experienced a CIO in the UK demanding he has more robots than the new European counterpart in the same organisation. A ridiculous and unwanted cost. Your virtual team must run like a human team would. And what I mean by that one is no one should be sat idle twiddling their human, or excuse the pun, their virtual thumbs. This is how you begin to create what we call a centre of excellence, an in-house team that has become self-sufficient and their destiny is very much in their own hands. Darren, what's your top tip? My top tip would be to, to think about your business and your goals rather than the technology. It kind of goes back to the you know, start with why. I, I think this is a really exciting area. I think automation is only going to get better over the coming years. But think about what what this could do for your organization. And, and the question I, I like to ask people is, if you had infinite levels of resource, what would you do that you're not currently doing? What would that What would be the implications for your business? How much more scalably could you grow? Um, how many how many more of your customers could you help and serve? And and that's the bit that's exciting to me. The 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 RPA itself is is just a tool. It's just an enabler. The bit that's really exciting is is what can it do for you and how can it help you achieve your goals? Well, Darren Bam, it certainly seems to me at least this is a subject matter that. I'm almost certain we're going to be coming back to as the technology improves, grows and becomes um, ever stronger as well. But for this edition of The Loop, Darren, Bam, thank you both very much indeed. If you want to find out more about using RPA in your business, then visit www.rsmuk.com forward slash business hyphen automation and download the free guide to RPA success. We're always keen to hear your views, so please do rate us and leave a review. And to stay in the loop, please subscribe to The Loop and listen to our next episode where we'll untangle today's big business issues. 